Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and the start of the spooky season. Ooh. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, we're talking about Halloween fashion, witches in the news, and a spell for back to school. So, Miss Tara, do we have an Apple Podcast review for today? No, I deleted all of them. That hurts my heart (laughs) and everyone else's. Well, it's... Okay, hold on. Let me contact... We could be here forever, dude. Hey, Mr. Apple? Yeah, it's me, Tara. Hey, I just like didn't know if you could call someone over in um, whatever it is that your tech department that handles really rude reviews and people that want to delete them. And um, I think I just like I had a sort of a moment of weakness where I like just deleted all of our reviews. She's just grown too powerful, honestly, you guys. Yeah. And um, it was really a power trip because, you know, for the brief moment when I'm giving the intro to the podcast, it's like it's my podcast and then Alicia has to come in and she's like, I'm here too. And I'm like, yeah, we know. Okay, so. All this equipment is like mine. (laughs) No, sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't <laughs> laughing at you, Mr. Apple. So if you could just like reinstate those I reviews. bring this every time. Okay, yeah. No, I know I'm being ridiculous. Yeah, I know this is a fake phone call. Okay, so you'll just, thanks. Okay, bye. I love you too. It's Virgo season. We're just looking for some control in our lives. Please. Okay, so <laughs> I have one for you. Okay, perfect. Hillary SoCal. Amazing. She says, or they say. We don't know. They say, I always love hearing Alicia and Tara throw it down with pop culture references to witchcraft and actual magic tips and spells and what's going on on in the witchcraft community. That's all, Alicia. I love it. This is a great podcast for baby witches who are slowly discovering their paths in the practice, whether they are traditional or not. Also great for the veteran witches who have been practicing for years. There's something for everyone on this podcast. Much love from SoCal. Hillary. Thank you, Hillary. I'm so sorry you didn't win the election. <laughs> I think about it often. Yeah. Like once a day, probably. But at least it wasn't, COVID-19 wasn't Hillary Clinton's problem. That also would have been messy. She got real lucky. She's probably just sitting in her home upstate. Oh, just yeah, like sweating like, oh, thank like, God. Dodged a bullet. The country's a mess, but. I can't say that I would have thought that we would be um, a fourth of the total deaths in the world if Hillary Clinton was president. But this is now becoming a political commentary podcast. And we're here to tell you about our day and also fun Halloween costumes. About politics. So how are, how are you? We're great because everyone is filling out the census right now at home. They're doing it right now being like, oh shit. They're pulling over. They're getting it up on their fucking phone. They're filling it out. Easy. We've also like all registered to vote. We've made sure everyone in our lives is registered to vote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything's Gucci there. And then I had a nephew who was born. (laughs) Baby, baby. Yeah. What's their name? His name is Hunter Ray. So I call him Hunty. Hunty. And he's cute and he's little. And I don't think he does much. These days. These days, yeah. But I do enjoy seeing pictures of him. He's just very um, tiny is the word. Yeah, very small. Very, very small. He'll be going, going home soon. To meet his big sis, and I heard they had a very lovely FaceTime where she got to meet the baby, and she did not care. So she's going to have a great time realizing that's her baby. (laughs) (laughs) 
So the next few weeks of Virgo season might be very hard for little Miss Lottie, but that's okay. When Kyle was born, Mm -hmm. do you remember when he was born? No, absolutely not. But my mom said I was completely prepared. What do you mean? She said that- You caught the baby? (laughs) I basically (laughs) delivered it. Put on like the little baby gloves. Like a football. I'm like saying, blah, blah. That meant nurse. Uh-huh. And like, you know, they came, they gave me the scalpel or whatever you need yeah. to deliver the baby. Mm-hmm. I circumcised him myself, obviously, <laughs> you know, just as good big sisters do. Right. No, but my mom said that she had really prepped me and I'm sure they were prepping Lottie too. But since it has been the pandemic, it's not like they could really go outside and be like, oh, that's a baby. And she could be like, baby, baby. And like connect the dots. I didn't even think about that because I'm like, how many babies has Lottie seen? Because for the most of her life, she has been the baby. She is the baby. Yeah. So I don't think she's had a lot of time to like socialize with other babies, unfortunately, because she is just the baby. Mm -hmm. But apparently I was just ready. Do you think Lottie has friends? She has two dogs that are her friends. She loves her grandparents. She loves her great grandparents. She loves her mom and dad. Her entire like view of the world is with people that are bigger than her. Yes. That's wild. I think that's normal. (laughs) Is it? Is it? I feel like. For babies? Yeah. I have a lot of. Like when I was younger, I felt like there's all these pictures of me with other babies, hmm. hanging with babies. Maybe all my friend, my family's friends decided to fuck at the same time. Maybe it was just like a Sears photo kind of thing. And one day was just baby day. So you have all these pictures of you with other babies, but I you actually didn't know them. Yeah, that's also possible. Or maybe it was like a rent-a-baby kind of thing. Yeah, I remember them doing that in the early 90s. Yeah. Like, I, make your baby look popular. Being popular was so in in the set 90s. Set them up for success. Exactly. Is your, you're going to let your baby fall behind socially? You have your little baby tuxedo on and you're telling everyone else who's like in poodle skirts and shit, like making them typewrite for you, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. really embracing the American dream of it all. Yeah. It's like Mad Men, but for babies. But for babies. Like little cocaine, but for babies. <laughs> baby cocaine. Which is... Like those little pixie sticks, basically. That's baby cocaine. Instead of read-along, it's sniff-along. Oof. It was a wild time for babies back then. It was. It was. Well, anyway, happy baby hunty day. Yay. What day was he born? September? No, October? August 27th. August 27th. August 27th. What a good time to have a birthday because when people go back to school, he will have one of the first birthdays of the year. Oh, that's true. So it's like he's going to fucking launch into cupcakes come into class. Yeah. Situation. Oh, yes. And it's like every year all of the kids are going to come to his birthday party. He'll be the first big birthday party of the year. Oh, my gosh. No pressure at all. I'm sorry, Alyssa. That will be so much fun. Aww. But yeah, that's it. Just celebrating a new life in the family. How are you doing, Tara? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm really excited to talk about our topic today. Hell yeah. And it's about Halloween costumes. Halloween costumes. For once, it's not about anything crazy religious (laughs) and requiring us to be very careful about our words. Well, I mean, you know, Halloween costumes comes with some cultural appropriation. So there right. are a few things you have to be careful about, but we'll, we'll get into it. But first, Tara, what was your favorite Halloween costume? We might have said it on the pod before, but remind us, it's spooky season again. As a child? As a child or an adult. I don't care. I don't discriminate costumes. I really, I was pretty proud of my sexy Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That one was really good. But it does rely on sexism a little bit. I also 
I liked the year that I went as the Grim Reaper. Ooh. And I think I've told this story before, but I thought I was like such a hyper feminist at the age of nine that I like went around and was like, do you want a trick or a treat? And no matter what anyone said, they'd be like, I want a trick. And I'd be like, I'm actually a girl. Clearly a girl in a Grim Reaper costume. I sound like this. Did they give you the response you wanted though? Were they like, oh no, a girl. (laughs) I think I would say it and I would run away. Because I was good at the getting up to the delivery, but the reception of my performance, I don't think I was ready for. That is the hardest part, I think, of any comedic medium. Yeah, I think that's the why, audience. <laughs> why this is great, because I don't have to see any of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It's just Alicia's eyes, whom, whom I trust. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What was what was your favorite? So I was always, as a kid, a witch or a cat. So very on brand, very easy. I never really wanted to deviate. But a few years ago, I had a very slutty pilot costume where it had like a cone bra and there were propellers at the end of the bra. Holy shit. And so you could like hit the propeller and then it goes in like a circle. So slutty. Hardly even fucking fit me. Like it was amazing. I loved it so much. I am all about slutty Halloween. It's my favorite thing. I think that I get a little irritated with people that like get shitty about girls wearing slutty Halloween costumes. Yeah, I don't care. Like just let people wear what they want to wear. Yeah. It's like, why not? They have those full body like pajama animal costumes too. You don't have to wear the slutty tiger costume. But I can. But you can. If I wanted to. If you want to. And I mean, that actually might be a popular one this year because of tiger king oh my god oh that'd be funny slutty just tiger king you just like different characters but with mullet and just like yeah skimpy clothes yes i love this i'm trying to figure out who i can enlist to be slutty tiger king she killed her slutty husband it could be perfect her slutty (laughs) i don't know if we can make that joke It's funny. Marcel Perez, our producer, told us that his favorite costume was when he was a knight for Halloween and he had the headgear and the armor and a shield and they were allowed to dress up for Halloween for school. And so he like loved his outfit, but he also had a sword with it and he couldn't take the sword to school. And so it was a sad enough moment for him that he still remembers it now with disdain. (laughs) So it's like his favorite Halloween costume will always be tainted with disappointment and rejection yeah because you're not supposed to bring weapons even plastic ones to a school which is fair which is fair i feel that and then mallory's favorite costume was her being rocket from sucker punch her junior year of college and she just said she felt very hot and very powerful love it i love it let's get into the history of halloween fashion i hope everyone has their pumpkin spice latte ready we are gonna go fucking in where do we start we're in the time machine we're in the time machine (laughs) there's two levers (laughs) you guys will get this joke but cut it i'm sorry we pull both levers and we go back in time So first we start with Samhain. Okay, Mm -hmm. makes sense. So the belief is that Halloween costumes first began during the Celtic celebration that was held from October 31st through November 1st. If you have no idea what we're talking about, we literally did a whole episode about Samhain last year. So dig through the deep archives (laughs) and figure it out yourself. So this celebration was known as Samhain in Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man, or it was called Callan in Wales, Cornwall, and Brittany. If you like gave me a map and were like, 
like tell me where these places are i would have no idea it's doesn't make sense so there's islands why so did they islands. not teach us geography better well i know where australia is that's a continent though and a country so there you go that's fair but that has nothing to do with this unfortunately <laughs> so that does not help us so Samhain was the time that the spirits of the dead could more easily move in between our world and the world of the dead in the 16th century mumming and guising were included in the festival and this is where children would go door to door reciting poems and singing songs in exchange for food the origin of mumming and guising came from mummers plays which were performed by troops of amateur actors kind of like an over exaggeration of community theater oh my gosh <laughs> and normally there was like someone had to kill someone it was this whole thing like there was already a pre-written plot for the mummers plays oh and at Samhain, people disguise themselves in feathers and furs so as not to be recognized by the spirits wandering the earth at night. And you can get a, like a little bit more creative. You can get that straw. If you guys remember like straw boys and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And you can just use natural things you would find to kind of enhance your costume. And it seems to me so feathers and straw and furs. That's very like animal, natural, like nature spirity a little bit. Yeah. It almost feels like instead of being like, I'm a spooky clown. Mm-hmm in the 1400s i'm actually i'm one of you i'm one of these like wild weird so it'd spirits. be more like fey fairy mm -hmm. spirits spirits of the dead kind of thing like maybe this is when you would pull out your dead great-grandmother's hat that she loved or something and mm -hmm. you wear it to kind of connect with her she's like how'd you get that i was buried <laughs> with that hat Ooh. Ooh, sorry grandma <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to prison for grave robbing. So that's where we believe it comes from. We don't have really any written down proof that this is exactly where Halloween costumes and fashion came from, but it's the best we can guess with it being the start of Samhain, which has turned into Halloween. And then shit gets a little wild in the Victorian era, which is between 1837 and 1901. In 19th century Scotland, youths went house to house with masked, painted, or blackened faces, often threatening to do mischief if they were not welcome. So criminals. Child criminals, you know. <laughs> So, men went about dressed as fearsome beings called Warshawd in Wales, while in some places young people also cross-dressed. So, we're getting, we're mixing it up a little. We're having a little fun. Exactly. And in other places in Europe, mumming and costumes were part of their other yearly festivals, including Boxing Day, for instance. However, in the Celtic-speaking regions, they were particularly appropriate to a night upon which supernatural beings were said to be abroad and could be imitated or warded off by human wanderers. I love that. We're going abroad. We're going abroad. We're just doing a little skip and a hippity hop over the pond. Ooh, like a little frog. Mm. Do -do 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 -do. Except I've been dead for 30 years. <laughs> 30? Well, how have I made it this far? Guising at Halloween in North America was first recorded in 1911 in Kingston, Ontario. So holla, Canada. What's up? Where a newspaper said that children were guising around the neighborhood. We had that Victorian era morality that was happening back then. So only children were expected to partake in Halloween activities. If you outgrew it, you outgrew it. Like, this is for kids only. Don't you dare disgrace your adult self okay. by having fun. But you became an adult much earlier back then. That's true. I don't know what the cutoff age is then. 12? The moment you get married. Which could be 10. 12. Yeah. <laughs> 
really unsure whenever you inherit your family's jewels. I don't know. Early Halloween costumes emphasized the gothic nature of Halloween and were aimed primarily at children. Costumes were also made at home or using items such as makeup, which could be purchased and utilized to create the costume. Witches, cats, toilet paper mummies were popular back in early American handmade Halloween costumes. Adorable. Classic. Adorable. Around the 1900s, Halloween parties for adults became a part of the American upper class zeitgeist. At these parties, people were encouraged to dress up and play games and enjoy treats. Costumes from this period are normal clothing of the time with spooky themed fabrics or add-ons, like little putting bat wings on your hats or like carrying a little broom. Like it was very accessorized. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're like, this is my normal outfit, but I dumped some trash on it. So now it's time spooky. Exactly. But oh, this this is a little cobweb I sewed in here. You know, like, oh, oh, we're just mixing it up a little bit. And women's magazines would even have instructions inside the magazine for how to make the costumes at home. So it's become enough of a thing that people are celebrating now. Adults so and children. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the catalyst was for this is for children only and now this is for everybody yeah i wonder if it's us just feeling a little looser a little loosey goose like Mm -hmm. turn of the century 1900s we all haven't died yet you know like a y2k kind of thing they're like loosen up grandma it's the 1900s exactly they're like yeah yeah those old posh victorians but here we go and maybe that did have something to do with it if the victorian era ended around 1901 and then it took off more Mm -hmm. after that might have had something to do with just that old rain dying and it just feeling like a new cultural wave was happening yeah of like being together and having fun and apples and and barrels (laughs) and as halloween costumes took off in this time period people were still making handmade costumes but this spurred an interest in a shift that we consider cultural appropriation so this is when using blackface as part of a halloween costume or even homemade turbans took off as part of halloween costumes due to the fascination surrounding the discovery of king tut oh my gosh which we have a whole mini-sode coming out on patreon about king tut but how interesting that this like egyptian fervor took off Mm -hmm. And that it impacted how people would want to dress up on Halloween. Well, there was such a, and you guys will hear this on the episode, but there's such a European fascination with like Egyptian history and also Egyptian curses. And so like, it makes sense to me that this culture and this history is so characterized that they become characters that then you feel like you can dress up as. Yeah. And then also the spiritualism movement has been taking off for a bit now. So maybe Mm -hmm. that just has relaxed. The idea of, ooh, macabre, the devil's day. And I don't know. This started off as a Protestant country, but maybe we just like loosened our grip a little bit. And we were like, okay, okay. We can appreciate Jesus and still have fun Mm -hmm. on one night of like complete (laughs) drunken revelry with bobbing for apples and all that shit. He's got his hands full. The spirits are here. The spirits are here. I still want to talk to grandpa. And then in 1910, the Denison Manufacturing Company in Massachusetts began making paper costumes. I very much took note that it was called the Denison Manufacturing Company. And in my favorite Halloween film, Hocus Pocus, the main character's name is Max Denison. Oh my gosh. Like, ah, look at that connection. Everything is connected. Everything. King Tuck. crazy. Hocus Pocus. All of it is coming together. All of it. 
So the Denison Manufacturing Company had originally produced flags and then later used the scraps to create costumes around 1910 and continued to make early clown and jester costumes. Its namesake founded the Ben Cooper Company in 1927. So now we have, okay, we've had like spooky little accessories and now we're dressing up like clowns. Clowns were just very big and they weren't like scary yet, I think. But the way that people have like worn clown costumes back then Mm -hmm. probably has contributed to the fear that we have of clowns now absolutely they're terrifying they're so scary one they're in black and white yes don't trust anything that's in black and white no especially books what color is their eyes who can tell i don't know is that blood on their face you wouldn't be able to tell maybe yeah also they're like really sharp these clowns Mm -hmm. like those very like pointy cone hats and stuff super pointy hats pointy smiles when um john wayne casey the serial killer was going into being a clown (laughs) in his clown community when he was learning to be a clown they told him that his face paint was too sharp that it scared children and he did it anyway of course he did fucking psychopath it was supposed to be like rounded and like soft and at least clown school is trying to de-creepify the clowns (laughs) And it's just these individual clowns like going fucking rogue and apparently murdering people is what that story means. Yeah. Then we hit everything's doing good, you know. We got the roaring 20s. We're feeling ourselves. We're having so much fun. Then we get the Great Depression. Oh, no. Oh, no. Which the stock market crash happened on my birthday in 1929. It's your fault. Me and Winona Ryder. We just share in this day. Always. So during the Great Depression of Halloween of 1933, hundreds, like enough that it's noticeable, but hundreds of teenage boys flipped over cars, sawed off telephone poles. Sawed them off? Sawed them off, which has like so much effort. And where is their adult? Yeah. There's a lot of time between beginning the saw and finishing the saw that somebody's mom should have walked by and been like, Danny, is that you? (laughs) Some neighborhood mom should have been like, what? Roger? Roger Stellingson? Maybe I'm not going to call your mom. I guess they can't call each other's moms if the telephone lines are down. (laughs) Ah, it's the perfect crime. (laughs) So they were sawing off telephone poles and engaging in other acts of vandalism across the country because youths, you know, they're always doing something. The vandalism had happened all the years prior, but this year it was especially out of control. Concerned adults started organizing neighborhood activities like trick-or-treating, haunted houses, and costume parties to try to keep teenagers and tweens from making trouble. Mm -hmm. So essentially this whole idea of your cute little Halloween trick-or-treat has not even been invented for 100 years yet, since it's only 2020. And it was just to keep these fucking children entertained and contained so that they wouldn't incite violence on our community it was a bribe it was a bribe a very successful bribe but still a bribe which is why we have to do halloween this year because every year that we haven't the children have risen up yeah they get stronger trunk or treating they're all talking on the tiktok you know like organizing Oof, we gotta <laughs> we gotta watch out yo if they can bring down the rnc they can do anything they can do anything since halloween costumes during this time were about wearing a mask and having an air of being spooky and mysterious, this new market of Halloween costumes for children began to be developed with the idea of making costumes that they believed children would find joy from wearing. So not the spooky-ass clown costume, Mm -hmm. but like Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Yes. Oh my God, what nice things to wear. Oh my God, the children love that. Big department store companies like Sears started selling box costumes aimed at children, but these were considered very expensive luxuries during the Great 
depression. Most families continued to make their own Halloween outfits using costume patterns, even for characters like Mickey and Minnie, which if you find some pictures of Mickey and Minnie of people dressing up as them, fucking spooky as shit. Most people are not good costumers. Oh my God. Have you seen the ones that are like, when I was a kid, I told my mom I wanted to be E.T. for Halloween. And I'm like, I don't even know how you do that. It's like, she's got a tube. It looks like a huge piece of PVC pipe that a giant paper mache E.T. head has been fashioned on. And she's wearing like a robe and she has one really long finger with a red thing on it. And it's like, mom's. I respect you. I love you. You don't have to do that. You don't have to. You don't need to do this anymore. Yeah. No. Oh, so crazy. And it was just crazy to me just talking about how everything is connected, that everything is kind of connected. Like to get a little a little more woo-woo on us. Everything is kind of connected because back then film began to be a thing enough so that animation began to be developed such as Walt Disney creating these iconic characters that we Mm -hmm. still know about. And now these characters who have successfully like reached an audience can now be marketed into Halloween fashion for like the first time ever. Like this has never ever happened before because this was never a medium that existed before now. That's amazing. And so all of this happened only within a few years of each other to truly take off. And I think I understand why a lot of people are still grappling with that idea of like the American dream of making something out of nothing, except we're probably reaching our peak. Like we've probably made everything by now, Mm -hmm. except for like the most advanced thing scientists can only make. But still crazy to me that all of this had to happen for the commercialization of Halloween to even begin. Yeah. That's wild. The Ben Cooper Company was one of the first major firms that licensed characters to create Halloween. Halloween costumes when trick-or-treating became more popular in 1937. His costumes became popular throughout the 1940s and 1950s. And in the 1950s, mass-produced box costumes finally became more affordable. So more kids began to use them to dress up as princesses and mummies or not a scary clown (laughs) or more specific characters even like Batman and Frankenstein's monster. There were cowboy costumes as well and there were also the Indian Native American costumes, which is cultural appropriate but another thing I found interesting from everything in the world being connected, I did a little research into why the cowboy Indian archetypes were popular around this time. And it looks like a lot of it had to do with the aftermath of World War II. So the men were back home. It's been like 10-ish years, almost 10-ish years. Women were now in the workplace, yet some also went back into just being homemakers. And now young boys were especially fascinated with that like doing good and being an independent agent. Because oh. cowboys are always like this is for my country but I work alone Mm -hmm. you know or this is for the community but I work alone I think it's very interesting but of course this episode is not about cowboys and Native Americans so I digress and we can continue (laughs) but it's just weird that it's all connected everything's connected Halloween fashion is the through line to everything that's happened in like the last hundred years I think you can really figure out like what's important to a society almost about how like we party and also how we dress up like just crazy how we play yeah definitely like a marker of like what's going on in our society right now yeah in the 1960s the ben cooper company began selling costumes based on popular superheroes like batman and spider-man so now these characters the superhero which we're now at 20 years ish after world war ii they're now a part of media the company had a major financial setback in september 1982 when tylenol poisonings killed seven people because the tylenol was laced with potassium cyanide And so this created that fear that Halloween candy could be tampered with. Mm -hmm. So 
back in the early 1980s. And so many parents that year in 1982 did not allow their children to go trick-or-treating because they were so worried that the candy would be contaminated. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that there really has never been substantial evidence of candy being tampered with. But there is still this like fear that oh, persists even in like main check culture. Your kids' candy, like, exactly. Homemade treats are not a thing anymore. Yep. There was all, only one other incident of that happening of a child dying or being poisoned, and it was because his dad had poisoned his own candy yeah. to get rid of that child. Just like way to ruin it for everyone, dude. Yeah, I'm like give away your child. Yeah, <laughs> put it up for adoption or just leave the family yeah. like a normal adult man. Go away. Go away. I also read this isn't in our show notes, but that they thought that there was another resurgence of the Halloween party like the contained Halloween party Mm -hmm. and dressing up for that in the 80s because people were like we can't send our kids out to go trick-or-treating because all of these fucking murderers are out here putting razor blades in their pixie sticks yeah so we're gonna have a contained Halloween party where everyone can dress up and it'll be kids and adults that's pretty cool I love that how we survive how Halloween persists that's so funny and then of course there's that adult Halloween party scene in Hocus Pocus which came out in the early 90s but of course reflecting Mm -hmm. the parties that were happening in the 80s crazy crazy shit it's all connected it's all connected Todd is there exactly so pop culture we're going to talk about pop culture and Halloween costumes sexy Halloween costumes sexy Halloween costumes for women rose to popularity from the 1960s to the 1990s and this is all also enforced by what's going on culturally and this happened towards the end of the Vietnam War where the hip culture and free love movement began taking off other things that contributed to the success of sexy halloween costumes pornography in videos and magazines was taking off massively mm-hmm. like beforehand it was more like oh amateur little things for whoever could get like a film camera and now it's like oh we can distribute pornography at adult stores like mm-hmm. this is at a gas real stations. thing at gas stations second wave feminism and the women's liberation movement took off in the 1960s twiggy became the first internationally successful supermodel in 1966 which spurred the supermodel empire for the next three decades and in 1964 the sports illustrated swimsuit issue launched for the first time oh my god yeah so once again absolutely bonkers to me that all of these things lined up so that i could wear my slutty pilot costume this was all coming together this was all coming together for me on your birthday, the Great Depression happened because they were like, okay, almost 100 Time years. Time for a change. <laughs> we have to get Alicia those sweet propelling nipples. Exactly. The world depends on it. And it's so crazy that those things that I just listed, Twiggy, the pornography taking off, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, they happened in 10 years. Mm-hmm. That was like a fucking sexy decade then. Oh, super sexy. Super well, sexy. Well, it would have been so sexy for them because previously it was like, the closest they got were like little drawings of pinup girls and they yeah. always had clothes on. So it's like going from the 50s to the 60s. I mean, it's basically hairspray. It's crazy. We're like taking acid and burning bras and it's a, it's a wild time now. <laughs> and then in the 1970s, politics started to play a part in Halloween costumes. Americans began wearing presidential masks, the most iconic mask being Richard Nixon's. The first newspaper report of a presidential mask was in 1969 when a protester wore a Nixon Nixon mask to an anti-war march the day before Nixon's inauguration. Later that year at a White House Halloween party thrown by Nixon's daughter, a female guest showed up wearing a mask of former President Lyndon B. Johnson. And then after the Watergate scandal, so 
Nixon's <laughs> really the one who like did this yeah. for us. He brought these creepy ass fucking political masks. And it's like they're rubbery. Yeah. Sometimes they go over your oh, whole they're head. They're so gross. They look sweaty. Yeah. With Watergate, that scandal caused Americans to become more cynical about the government. And as new politicians took office or ran for president, stores began to sell masks of those politicians' faces too. And the Nixon mask is terrifying. The Obama mask feels like blackface. Mm-hmm. Like Trump's looks like a very scary leprechaun. And like you can see the cynicism that's played out on the mask itself. It's definitely a political cartoon of a like I don't know if the Richard Nixon mask is as severe as the Trump mask is now sometimes. Yeah. But still, I mean, I'm sure if you're in tune with politics at the time, if you saw a Richard Nixon mask, you'd be like, ha ha ha, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Little kid dressing up as Richard Nixon. But it's so still like disorienting and disconcerting to be like, oh, we went from like princesses and cowboys and culturally inappropriate Native Americans. And now we're like people who are alive right now. Mm-hmm. So that whole idea is taking off. And now we are here. We are here to today's times. Another mask I was just thinking about was the Guy Fox mask took off yeah. in the early thousands, mm-hmm. especially with the movie V for Vendetta coming out and then Anon, right? Anonymous, yeah. Anonymous taking over that kind of look and idea and ideology behind it. I'm trying to think of anything else that's been super crazy popular of the last 10 years in terms of Halloween. Puns. Puns? Pun costumes. Like what? What was it? People that are like the pregnant Chad. Have you ever seen the pregnant Chad? That was really, this is also political. But the pregnant Chad costume was like during who Al Gore and George Bush's election. Some of the votes like didn't get counted because they either weren't pushed all the way through it was like a hole punch situation we weren't pushed all the way through so it was like a little bump and then those votes didn't get and so it's like a pregnant woman that's crazy and yeah and like more tv shows started taking over and not even like superhero or sexy like now they have golden girls costumes like any kind of mass-produced media that you love, there's probably a Halloween costume for it. Totally. totally. And if not, you should pitch them that idea at the Halloween costume factory (laughs) so that they can make it and you can be rich. Yeah, we fixed it. We fixed fixed poverty for you. You're welcome. So let's talk about the best and the worst. So let's talk about the worst Halloween fashion of all time. Okay, so this was exhausting. So I'm only going to give you a few because the more I researched, the angrier I got. Oh no, I love bad Halloween fashion. So to start off, please don't dress as 9-11. Okay. Or other costumes of national tragedies in general. They're actually way more common than you would necessarily think. But at what point can you? Like, can I dress up as the Titanic now? Because it's been over 100 years. I can't ever tell you what to do. That's but true. I also think... Let me tell you about this. Okay, tell and me this about this one. Very this might distasteful. be distasteful. Okay. So in 2013, a pair of British teens won a costume contest. Mm-hmm. Them teens. They went as the Twin Towers. And the picture of their celebration, they had flaming people falling out of their building, plummeting to their death. Yeah, they're like little Barbies attached is what it looks like in this picture. So the picture went viral. The club gave them the award, apologized. And they may not have thought about it because they weren't US-based. They were in the UK. Yeah. 
but things like school shootings, murdered black men, Holocaust victims. There is a costume of Anne Frank going around right now. And also a huge TikTok resurgence of people doing impressions of Holocaust victims. Dressing up as like a national tragedy. Yeah. It's really not something that I think that you should be doing. I think that you are more creative than that. I feel like the people that do it, like, they kind of suck. Okay. And you suck if you wear them. What if I'm just, like, dress up as a sexy ship? You could totally be a sexy ship. Nondescript ship. And then maybe you can make a Titanic Joe. What if I make Marcel dress up as an iceberg, a sexy iceberg, and I'm a sexy ship? And we think might... you're approaching like the Hindenburg. Like, I can't tell you what to do. <laughs> I can't tell you what to do. <laughs> All right, stir in the pot, at which, yes. Another big costume that's coming up right now is a costume of the coronavirus. What does that look like, though? It's like a green circle with, like, the little mm. flangey things Doesn't sound sexy. It, or, like, they have helmets. So for Mardi Gras this year, mm-hmm. they still had a parade. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. there was a large mass of men and women that dressed as corona bottles and then went around with signs infecting people. Oh, remember what? back then, though, we didn't think it was real right right people didn't think it was that big of a deal um and then new orleans had a horrible spike and a lot of people died (laughs) not these people because these people just went for the celebration and then went back home so back to tennessee and had their spike there yeah but the ebola virus the aids epidemic there's a lot of these costumes that are about these horrible infections things that cause people to die that i feel like are not only like really tacky and not imaginative but can be extremely hurtful because at this point we're at over 800,000 people dead in the world mm-hmm. so I would say maybe don't dress as the coronavirus I also think that it makes light of I can understand sort of a defense mechanism you know to create like a laughable boggart of something that terrifies you which is of course death mm-hmm. but for our American listeners like we already have enough people that are making fun of coronavirus or think it's like attached to the 5g that we really don't need this kind of costuming or yeah. What did we call it? Mumming, guising. Mumming and guising. Okay, so then also transphobic costumes. So basically, I don't know if you remember the big blowout from the Call Me Caitlin costumes that mm-hmm. were all over the place. So basically, the butt of every transphobic costume is that the person you're dressed as is performing gender inappropriately and lying about who they really are. So if you're a dude dressed as Caitlyn Jenner and you have a wig and five o'clock shadow, you're basically signaling to everyone in the room that you believe trans women are really just delusional men. And trans women die and are murdered violently they experience homelessness at a greater rate than like most other demographics in our country I think that that is extremely hurtful and actually really dangerous because the more that you create a character or a clown out of somebody's identity like the more it is to dehumanize and other that person which makes them viable targets for violence yeah I also think that there's a difference between transphobic and gender fuck costumes okay so bearded ladies addressing as gender fucked versions of fictional characters like the little girls from The Shining. Like you have a list of 153 RuPaul's Drag Race queens that if you wanted to get really fucking into it, you could dress as a terrifying Katya and I'm sure she would love it. She would fucking adore it. But I don't think anyone can make a more terrifying Katya than Katya herself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Just saying. Yes, yes. I think she would win that hands down. Well, I wonder if it would be like... Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Do you remember the story of Charlie Chaplin going to the Charlie Chaplin lookalike costume and getting 28th place? No. <laughs> That's so funny. So I wonder if it'd be like a situation where there are just a bunch of people that are super Katya and Katya walks in and she's like, oh, I lose. I lose. Anyway, <laughs> I just like the general idea that like there's a lot of great ideas out there that don't play off dangerous stereotypes that get people killed. Yeah. And I think that in general, a lot of these have to deal with the fact that like you're making fun of death and like you're making fun of living people. Yeah. Like another, I remember a big one probably in the mid 2000s was when Prince Harry dressed up as a Nazi. Yeah. And that was like a super, super big deal. The queen was the not a happy that day. I don't know. I like, I just don't. When you could go as like a fun pickle <laughs> and you want to put in all this effort to dress as a zombie and Frank, you're psycho. Yeah. This whole section, I just want to say again, it's just like making me really frustrated and really angry. So I just want everyone to remember, no blackface. Duh, guys, come on. It's 2020. You should know better. Other people's cultures are not costumes. Yes, even if they're Disney characters. Mm-hmm. Making fun of dead people isn't charming. And I just want to remind everyone that people literally dressed as Michael Brown the year that he died that's gross it's disgusting it's awful fat phobic inflatable costumes are like super hack even the sumo wrestler ones yeah really lame and as we've said before if your friend wants to dress as a sexy cat for the 10th year in a row please let them because sexy cats are friends with everybody they're always in style especially this year didn't cats the musical for film come out oh my gosh you could get so into that yeah these angelical cats or whatever the jellical oh the jellical cats i don't know i did not watch it you don't have to thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so I misread what the expectations were for best Halloween fashion of all time. (laughs) So I've created... I'm excited. I don't know what's happening. So I've set up a this or that situation called Who Wore It Best? Baby or Dog Edition. Oh, okay. So... But let's be clear. Baby Halloween fashion is probably the pinnacle of all Halloween fashion. Oh, just fucking wait. Also, they can't even like argue with you. Like, it's really the glory days I think of being a parent is where you're like I'm going to choose what your Halloween costume is and there's nothing you can say because bitch you can't fucking speak yet like oh that power must be like so amazing to just harness it might be dangerous actually like that's so much power too much power yeah absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah and then you end up with people that are like I dress my baby up as Che Guevara and you're like that baby doesn't want to be that that baby doesn't want a cultural appropriate either or like was it one of the kardashians who dressed up her kid to look like her from the grammys or something like that and you could hysterical you could tell that the daughter was like i just really wanted to be cinderella i just wanted to be a princess mom why did you make me mommy why okay round one round one scroll down okay baby or dog baby ups worker or pug ups worker which one wore it better please describe these photos so one is a pug somehow holding this box with fake hands I think and I think it's first round of legs the front legs mm-hmm. those are what it's they're first called. round it's first <laughs> set of legs it's first set of legs are the feet and so there must be some kind of like sewn in thing for the box that says UPS and the hands mm-hmm. pretty adorable the kid is also very cute in the UPS outfit but it's actually using its 
own hands to hold the box. Yeah. And its first round of feet are its only round are of feet. Are its only round of feet. The kid is so cute. I gotta say the dog, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for the pug. I feel bad for the kid. I feel like you're wasting your opportunity. Like, <laughs> amazing if you work at UPS. My mom works at UPS. Like, I've heard the UPS stuff. But also, if you work at UPS, I don't think you want to go home and be like, I'm going to dress my kid up to work at my minimum wage paying job. <laughs> like, okay, Drive no. Around in a hot dress truck. for the job you want. And this is not the job this baby wants. This is absolutely the job the pug wants. <laughs> He's the pug just wants to be included. <laughs> Going so, on car rides. Dropping off boxes, like meeting new people, meeting mm-hmm. new dogs. There's not even a place for this baby to put candy in this box. You're right. That box could be closed. It could it's be hard closed. to tell. It looks like he's flinging it. Yeah, which he doesn't want this job. Clearly not. Clearly not. Okay, so pug wins this round. Okay, scroll down round two. A pug as a Starbucks coffee or a baby as a Starbucks frappuccino. So the pug wears the little like cap of the Starbucks cup. The lid is what they call yeah, it that's... in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> On Earth, they call it a lid. And he's kind of wrapped around in the, the Starbucks sleeve. And then the baby looks like it's a cup which it looks like it says maddie on the side so it looks like they put the name of the baby i assume maybe Mm -hmm. it's the mother's name i don't know and then the baby's wearing this like very fluffy blouse that's white with a headband that's also like white and fluffy with a straw sticking out to look like the whipped cream that goes on top. Are you guys envisioning it? I hope you're envisioning it or you gotta just skip through all this shit because it's still going. For this one, I would have to say the baby because I have seen better pug can spice lattes of dogs before. Mm -hmm. So I think this one's very sweet and I would love this pug if it were mine. But I think the baby wins. Mostly, you know, just like the little details. Adding the name, the straw. Excellent. Mm -hmm. He's a fucking frappuccino. It's adorable. Or she, they, I don't know. Babies don't have gingers. All right, so... We're neck and neck. One for baby and one for pug. Woo! Scroll down to round three. Baby dressed as pug or pug dressed as baby? Oh, shit. Okay, so the best thing about the baby dressed as pug is that it's wearing a pug costume. It's crawling. It can't even stand yet because pugs don't stand. So perfectly (laughs) in character, like method method acting. (laughs) Same joke. And there's two other pugs in this picture, like real pugs, I think. They look real pugs. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty adorable to be a baby dressed up as a pug just hanging out with other pugs. Like the pugs might not know. You know, the pugs might think this is a pug and not a baby. Yeah, they're like, oh, our weird brother. Yes. And then we have the pug dressed as a baby, which is kind of like a little baby onesie. And there's a little pacifier next to it, which almost looks too big for this pug because this is a baby pug, which is absolutely adorable. I, th- I think it's a tie. I think it's a tie. <gasps> this has never happened before. It's never happened before. I don't know how to make this decision. I don't know. Tiebreaker tarot. Who do you think should win? It's a hard one. It really is. Like one's just a baby and one is a baby method acting as a pug. <laughs> I think that we should put this on Instagram and see what the listeners think. Okay. I agree. So let us know. Baby dressed as pug or pug dressed as baby. Amazing. To be determined. And that's all I did because I really misunderstood <laughs> what the expectations were for this section. I love it. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. This was so much fun. All right, maestro, cue me in. Oh, so you want to keep talking some more? You've talked the entire time of this. Okay. Do you right. want to? You want to do witches in the news? I, you can talk. No, I'm just. Are you okay? I will be once I once do we're done. The- <laughs> 
Do 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 What? Witches in the news. Oh. Amazing. First up, we have a new TV series that you need to check out, which is HBO's Lovecraft Country. I'm obsessed. Amazing. I have not seen it yet, but you said you're obsessed, and thus I am obsessed by proxy. It's infectious. It's infectious. HBO has released a new original TV series called Lovecraft Country, which is executive produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams. You know, the Jordan Peele of Get Out, that very, very successful horror film that was actually truly terrifying. Yes, that Jordan Peele. The show is set in a 1950s, racially segregated Jim Crow era of the United States, which is to say it's just the 1950s. Yes. But we had to include that description for, you know, the white crowd. But the show itself has a gothic twist. The show is about a Korean war veteran with a liking for science fiction novels named Atticus Freeman. Atticus drives cross country to find out what has happened to his father, who has disappeared only a few weeks prior. Between the tension of being black in the 1950s with segregated buses, different entrances, and being outright denied services in some stores and restaurants, the show also mixes an element of the supernatural with ghosts from the past, flying saucers, and even an octopus with dragon-like wings. There are also vampires and witches, haunted houses, and treasure hunts. Lovecraft Country is releasing episodes gradually, so if you start watching now, you will be totally caught up, and it is available on HBO. Tell us, Tara, you have seen the show. What else would you want to add about it? Comes out on Sunday evenings. Amazing. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fucking prime time. I would say make it through the first full episode Mm -hmm. to the end, because the spooky that is not attached to severe racism yeah happens sort of ramps up slowly the supernatural spooky yeah okay I've only watched two episodes because that's what's out but the actors are phenomenal second episode made me cry and it's just wild dude it's a wild situation I'm so excited it sounds so so good our second news story we're doing the sandwich again we're back to the sandwich ah this the meats we're in the the bad meat area of the sandwich evil witch jailed for sadistic sex act this article was actually very short but it came from the BBC, so we know it's actually real and legitimate. In Exeter, UK, a former Cambridge University researcher named David Lake posed as a customer in a shop in October 2018. According to the story from the court documents, Lake left the shop only to return back with a bottle of alcohol. He had a drink with the elderly shopkeeper, and then Lake put on a golden carnival mask and kicked the elderly man until he was unconscious. What? Yeah. As he was beating the elderly man, Lake said, I am a black witch. I am not a nice person. I'm a black sorcerer and I am evil. What? And then once the victim was unconscious, Lake sexually assaulted him. Isn't oh. that crazy? Yeah, that took a turn. Okay. Sadistic sex act. That's the, the headline. So like I said, actually super short article. And this is mostly what the article said in my retelling of it. So Lake was convicted of grievous bodily harm with intent, assault by penetration and criminal damage. The presiding judge ruled Lake to be a danger to the public because he had carried out a previous attack where he ate a woman's flesh. We should have led with what? That wasn't even like, there were no further details about that in this specific article. That's wild. Yeah. So he has had to go to court before for like cannibalistically physically assaulting a woman. So Lake has been sentenced to jail for life with a minimum term of seven and a half years and will not be released unless it is considered safe to do so, which at this time, the judge is like, it is absolutely not considered safe to do so. Like this man just needs to go away. The gold mask 
throws me. Yeah. But it feels like ritualistic. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. Because at that point, if you're already talking to someone, you already have some kind of rapport, even if it's with a stranger. Like if there are cameras, like you're already on camera. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't seem like it's a hiding identity thing. Exactly. It's like, oh, now we take on the mask and we do the ritual. Yeah. This is what gives me my power. This is like the conduit or the catalyst for this event that makes it special. Yeah. That makes it more than just a horrible assault and rape. Yeah. My God. It's fucking crazy. That was article two, you guys. So we're going to go to article three. We're going to get that nice, nice bread. Thank you for this bread. Of course. Hocus Pocus board game. Boom. Boom. For those ready for Halloween, a Hocus Pocus board game has now been released. Based on the iconic 1993 film, my favorite Halloween film, Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus the game will put you and your friends head to head against the witches of Salem. Players must work together to stop Winifred, Mary, and Sarah from completing their potion before the sun rises. Binks the cat will be there and he offers players a helping hand while the Sanderson witches will cast spells against you. Players can invoke their own set of tricks straight out of the film like Burning Rain of Death or Billy Butcher's End played by, you know, the iconic Doug Jones to help stop the witches. The board game is now available for purchase at Target.com or a Target near you or Amazon, but we don't like them. How much is it? It's like 20 bucks, 19.99 is what I saw. Oh, really? Yeah. I play it. It sounds fun. It sounds really fun. Like who knows what it's actually like once you're playing it, but the whole idea of it sounds like really, really fun. And for 19.99, I could do a disappointing board game night just for the experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah, have a little bit of alcohol with it, then it's like it's fun. It was fine. Even if it's disappointing, it's like, well, it was disappointing together. <laughs> and that's called unity. Yes. And we love that here at Witch Yes. And what else we love? We love going back to school. We don't like being at school, but we, we like being at school. Shopping. We like getting notebooks. I was getting that new back to school swag. That's when my mom would like drop the money on clothes. She's like, all right, these back to school sales hit the sales racks. She would like watch us. She'd be like, does that say there's a discount on it? And I'd be like, no. It's like, oh, go over there. And I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> Gotta look fly for school, yo. You got to. Yeah. So when you were going back to school. Yes. What was like, what kind of clothes? Well, because that was when we had like the growth period. So normally you just needed a complete new set of everything. Because you didn't you fit know? into anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would always get somewhat slutty clothes because I knew who I was back then. Mm-hmm. And then that was a problem in middle school. They wouldn't make me go home. They'd make my mom drive up, which is way worse than going home. Because mm-hmm. then I'd be in trouble. <laughs> just to like change an outfit, you know, like take me out of class and stuff and like really waste my time and have me not learn when I'm like an ugly seventh grader that no one's even sexually interested in also it's not my and I was wearing I a boobs. skirt I was wearing a skirt it was just a short skirt there were shorts underneath it oh, I hate that hated it and nothing is more humiliating than like having an adult teacher like and it was always a female teacher for me yeah it was never a male teacher have them like okay we'll put your fingertips down and see if they meet the edge of your shorts or yeah. like oh no I'm getting angry again okay it fucking so, sucks school sucks but going back to school and shopping for it is fun the lisa frank folders though like there for it every time yes so cute that golden retriever one gorgeous That's he's so just perfect. like hello also the white tiger yes Okay, so along with fall comes back to school and along with pandemics come weird school years. That makes sense. All right. So whether you're homeschooling, remote learning, hybriding the hell out of 12th grade or going back full time, things are going to be challenging. But 
as we all know, our brand of baby witches are exceptionally perseverant, creative, and gnarly ass hard workers. Gnarly ass. Just stinky ass. <laughs> just chewed meat ass. No, very clean, bidet ass hard workers. Love it. So in the event that you're in need of something to remind you of the shining crystal light that burns in your heart, here is a spell jar for your studies. I am so ready. So this is thanks to Witch Out of Wonderland on Tumblr. I edited a little bit, but it's basically theirs. Nice. This is what you need. You need some basil for luck. You need some cinnamon for motivation. In the photograph, it looked like ground cinnamon, but I bet you could use something else if you wanted. Rosemary for clear thinking and concentration. Coffee for energy. Lavender for anxiety relief. Okay, perfect. A pen and paper for your sigil or whatever you're going to be writing down there. An orange candle for creativity and inspiration. And then, of course, a jar. And then, of course, a lid. Yeah. You can also add citrine if you're into crystals. That's, like, really good for, like, focusing and motivation. So Witch Out of Wonderland wasn't super descriptive about a ritual or anything like that or really how to collect these ingredients appropriately. So from the photographs, most of the ingredients seem to be kitchen grade dried herbs. Okay. And we've kind of gone like back and forth on whether or not fresh herbs or dried herbs like really fucking matters. So I would say if you like things layered, kind of like sand art, you're going to use like dried herbs that are like Mm, crunched up. Okay. Cool. If you have your own lavender, rosemary, or basil bush, I'd use those because they're already filled with like the energy of your love and care. And then if you just have what's in your fucking kitchen, I would just fucking use what you have in your kitchen hell yeah you're a student and you don't got time or money to go to the store i got no money i'm in school another note was should you use whole or ground coffee and what kind of coffee should you use so i personally thought that the aesthetics of the whole bean coffee was more attractive but it has oil on it so i'm Mm. not sure how the longevity of your spell is with fresh herbs and then using oily coffee beans Hmm. do all coffee beans have oil on them yeah they do i did not know that. I would say that if you already have your Pike Place ground for your French press, you can just use that. But I thought that like when you're making sort of this aesthetic composition, that the ground coffee beans were much more luminous and beautiful. They are pretty. So what you're going to do, collect all your ingredients. Yum, yum, yum. Here we mm-hmm. are. Don't eat them. This Don't is for spells. <laughs> also, not great to eat on their own. <laughs> So you're going to write on a small slip of paper, either your intention for doing well in school, remaining focused, finding the motivation to study Algebra 2 when there's an election coming up, or draw some kind of sigil that speaks to that. Mm -hmm. You're going to roll up that little piece of paper real tight, like you're a shipwreck pirate sending an SOS out in a bottle. (laughs) You're going to place that dude in the jar. You obviously need an appropriately sized piece of paper and an appropriately sized jar. Because if you have a tiny ass jar and a huge college rule notebook sized piece of paper, you're going to run into troubles. That makes sense. So now you can wedge that thing in there so it stays closed or like hold it down into the jar and start filling the space around it so it Mm -hmm. stays in the center. The order with which you fill the jar I think really depends on what your focus is. So it's like if your focus is I need energy because I'm taking 18 credit hours and I'm also in student council. I would use a lot of coffee. I would also say the amount that you use is also reflective of what you need. So let's say you're having a lot of anxiety using lavender and rosemary for focus and anxiety relief could be really important for you. So it's really kind of how big is your jar? How big is this piece of paper? There's not a lot of room for error because it's so kind of loosey-goosey. Once your spell jar is full to your liking, close it up and then light your orange candle. Drip some of that wax on the top of the lid so you can stick that candle right on top of that fucking jar. Oh, okay. And then you're going to allow the wax to melt over the top of the jar. I also imagine that you could like melt the wax in a different like container and pour it over. If you don't have time to sit there and 
babysit this fucking yeah, candle. Yeah, you have to at that point. This looks a little dangerous. I would also say for this spell, maybe you don't need a 12 inch tall pillar candle. Maybe you could just use like those little tiny ones that you can find all over the internet. Mm-hmm. So that's basically it. I think it's a pretty nice talisman to keep with you if your jar is small or put it on your desk when you're doing Zoom classes to remind yourself that like you fucking got this. It's hard. Not gonna lie. It's gonna suck, but you've made it through all the suck before this. So yeah, I really think that you could do it. And that's it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You only have to go to school a couple times a week. That's true. Please pass your classes, children. Please. And that's been our episode. That's it. Oh my goodness. I love it. We would like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod for our music. Thank you, Kevin. I'd also really like to thank Hillary SoCal. Hillary SoCal. For their Apple podcast review. I know it really sucks to write reviews. The algorithm them doesn't make sense to me but we need to somehow manipulate it because we really need reviews so head over to apple podcast give us five stars write something you could write i love clowns i find them very attractive you could also write clowns scare the living shit out of me five stars on this podcast please never talk about clowns again and you would be a normal person yeah that's fine and each episode we pick a particularly juicy review from the podcast review tree and read it at the top of the show and that could be you Ooh. if they want to find you where do they look for you? You can find me on Instagram at Alicia period Herder because that's my name. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to find you, Tara, where do I go? You go to Instagram also. Perf. We're in the same place. Amazing. You can check her lovely face, which is for my art Instagram, or you can go to underscore little moss. It's on private right now, but it's mostly just like pictures of me with food and bushes. Lately. Nice. Gorgeous. And then you can always follow us on Instagram at witchyes. Share an episode in your stories. Tag us. We'll feature you on our stories. And if you don't like Instagram, you can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. Or we have a Facebook group called Witchyes the Facebook Coven that you have to answer all of the questions to before you can join. So a lot of you guys not answering these questions, which is why you're getting rejected. The sucks to suck. Yeah. But for all the ones who have answered, hey, we are having a time. It's We are fun. having a time. We are also on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon for $5 a month. Patreon witches are going above and beyond and getting two extra episodes a month. $10 a month and above gets you show notes and much more. Plus they're getting early access to some really cool things that we're not going to tell you guys yet because Patreon's going to hear about it first. That's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. That's how the money crumbles. Of course. And of course, if you know any witchy friends, like feel free to tell them about our podcast. It seems like the Apple podcast reviews have been working so well for us, but also just general word of mouth has been so important. And we appreciate you all who have been like, hey, I like this podcast and you, my friend, I think would like it too. Like that means the world to us. That's so sweet and amazing. Yes, thank you. And of course, make sure that everyone in your family has filled out the census if you live in the United States. And also if you're a United States citizen, please register to vote. Please. I know we don't want to be thinking of politics and we only want to be thinking about pumpkin spice lattes, but we got to fucking vote with one hand with our pumpkin spice latte in the other hand. That's just the state of the world we're in, but we can do it. And this has been Witch Yes.
Okay, but look at if you scroll down past the work side, look at that not sexy cat costume. Oh my god, I was looking at these earlier, like all of these photos. It's so freaky. That's what I'm worried about. Cats, the musical cat costumes. Yeah, in. that's fair. Also, this mummy. Yeah, the mummy's crazy. How do you pee? I don't know. It's gotta be a dude in there. Yeah, probably. Probably, probably. 